Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. From a perspective that was driven by the values of the world rather than by God's perspective, it became a burden to him. Whenever we begin to envy the ways of the world and the people of the world, we make our hearts fertile soil for the seeds of doubt and unbelief and bitterness and anger to enter in. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and The comparison of envy with a monster is very accurate. Pastor Ed tells us today to be wary of this monster that can creep into our thoughts and hearts without us noticing. Envy of those in the world who have more than we do, or who are happier than we are, or seem to be more popular, can lead to all kinds of destructive thoughts. But most importantly, it can rob us of the kingdom perspective God wants to impart on us, a perspective that allows us to strive for heavenly treasure not treasure the world offers. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message in Psalm 73. You saw that people who ignore God prosper. That was his descending into death. People who ignore God prosper. Uh, The verses read, For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. That's the way he felt. You pay your tithes. Because you pay your tithes, you give 10% of your income to the Lord. Because you honor him and recognize his lordship in your giving, it means maybe you don't drive as good a car as your neighbor does. Or maybe you don't have as nice a house as they have. You take a trip to your relative's home, their house. They're talking about adding an addition onto their home. And then they're talking about how much they're accumulating in their retirement program. And you're thinking, oh, Lord, how am I going to send my son to college? Drive home that night. And the enemy comes and whispers in your ears, that extra five or $10,000, what you could do with that every year, how you could use that. And you begin to think, what's it that tempts you? You're a Christian. Because you're a Christian, you stand up in school and you say that the new morality is just the old morality and new clothes. That it's still an immorality. That it's wrong to live a homosexual life. That it's wrong to have premarital sex. Uh, You're not going to win any popularity award in school. You're not going to be voted the most well-liked and popular. In fact, 
They label you fanatic. They put you with the fundamentalist and say, they're out of touch with the times. At your job, you won't cook the books. You won't be dishonest. And because of that, your boss says, forget about them getting a raise. They skip over you when it comes time for promotion. You lose the contract in the business. Just because you're honest and upfront. And you wonder, does it pay to serve God? You've been coming to church for years and years. And you're struggling in your marriage. You're struggling with the children. And you're a believer in Christ. And your neighbor, who doesn't even darken the doors of a church, seems to have it all together. And you're tempted at that moment to question God. The psalmist struggled in his body physically. He says, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. And then he goes on in the psalm to say, my flesh and my heart may fail. There were some physical problems that he was facing. Uh, maybe you're struggling physically and you've been struggling for years and you look at your neighbor, you look at your unsaved relatives and they're as healthy as a horse and you wonder, God, where are you? How come people who ignore you prosper? Not only people that ignore God, but People that oppose God. That really was like the nail in the coffin for the psalmist. When he looked around and he saw their arrogance. Oh, let's just read it. Verse 9. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. Their tongues take possession of the earth. You look at who's on the airwaves. You look at the Who's controlling the media? They don't promote morality. It seems like their agenda is winning. And it seems like the values that we built our nation on, the values that made us great, are eroding. When you look at that, you wonder, God, why? Hugh Hefner, the founder of the Playboy Enterprise and Empire, with $600 in his pocket, a few pictures of Marilyn Monroe, back in the 1950s, established that empire. In 1985, he had a stroke. Instead of it humbling him, instead of it turning him to God, he said... The stroke was a real blessing. It's given me time to fight those religious fundamentalists. It seems like every time Hollywood puts out a new movie, they're endeavoring to see how many of the Ten Commandments they can break. When we look at the prosperity, and we look at the attitude of the wicked, you just wonder. We could look at the onslaught of darkness in our generation. And we're tempted at times 
to wonder, God, we're losing ground. He came close to losing his faith. And unless you have God's perspective, you won't be able to make sense of life. Unless you have God's perspective, you won't be able to make sense of life. There came a turning point in the psalmist's life. He was on a downward spiral. That turning point came in the following verses. Verse 13. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. He began to think, is it really worth serving God? Is it really worth living for God? He gave this testimony that he went to the precipice and he almost fell off. He says, all day long I've been plagued. I've been punished every morning. It was a constant burden to him. See, there was an inner dialogue going on in his heart and mind. At the conference table, he began to talk to the old man. The old man invited envy in. Envy brought his friends unbelief and doubt in. And Asaph was losing the conversation. He was losing the battle. He began to look at life from a worldly perspective. He began to see his life from a perspective that was driven by the values of the world rather than by God's perspective. It became a burden to him. Whenever we begin to envy the ways of the world and the people of the world, we make our hearts fertile soil for the seeds of doubt and unbelief and bitterness and anger to enter in. You could wind up driving your car and in your car you could wind up being angry at God, angry at your family, angry at the people around saying, God, where are you? Asap, perhaps beaten up, how to fulfill his duty. He had to go to church. He was the worship leader. He was the choir director. He was the minister of music. So he goes into the sanctuary and perhaps in a very perfunctory manner, he begins to lead the service. I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened, but I know what happened. In verse 17, it says, till I entered the sanctuary. See, that's the turning point in Asaph's life. That's the turning point in Asaph's journey till he entered the sanctuary. He, he enters the sanctuary and there in the sanctuary the heavens are open and the glory of God comes down and suddenly he gains heaven's perspective on his circumstances and situation and he sees it all differently. <sighs> They were monkeys on his back. Doubt and envy and unbelief. And the old nature. And when he went into the presence of God, suddenly doubt disappeared. Unbelief was replaced with faith. He was changed on the inside. 
I can't explain it, but I know it happens. People come into the sanctuary of God and somehow, in some mysterious way, in the very presence of God, it's more than just what the preacher says or the worship service is like or the choir sings or the soloist sings. It's more than that. It's somehow God coming down into the hearts and souls of people where suddenly they're changed and they see things from heaven's perspective. Someone said, faith is for that which lies on the other side of reason. Faith is what makes life bearable with all its tragedies and ambiguities and settling, sudden startling joys. Without faith, how in the world do you handle life? How do you handle the injustices that come to the righteous, the difficulties that the righteous suffer, the difficulties that are part of the journey of life? Asap, suddenly in God's presence. Now, I want you to see he's ascending now into faith. He's ascending into faith. Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God, whose ways you cannot understand at the time. See, faith is that deliberate confidence in God that looks beyond what you see to God's perspective. What did he see? He saw, first of all, the truth about the unrighteous. See, he was on slippery ground, but he realized they have no foundation. They have no footing. They could slip right off. He said, suddenly, they're gone. God blows on them, and they disappear. He recognized that it's not what it appears to be. What happened to the psalmist is when he walked into the valley of unbelief and doubt clouded his mind and unbelief filled his heart, he could not see life properly. He could not see. He exaggerated the circumstances of the unrighteous. He made assumptions that weren't accurate. God suddenly fast forwards him. And he sees the past. And he recognizes in a moment's time, they're gone. Did you ever wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and had a dream and say, I'm going to remember that? You go back to sleep and you get up, you don't have a clue? He said, that's the way the unrighteous are. That's the way the wicked are. He said, they're like characters in a dream. They're like fantasies. They're there for a moment and they're gone. I tell you that the unrighteous one day will be swept off into judgment. We should not be having envy for them or envy over them. We should have compassion on them. And there should be a desire in our hearts to see the unrighteous come know God. Because swiftly they're going to be swept away. And so he has another perspective. He has God's perspective. And that's the only way to live life. God's perspective is the only perspective that makes sense of life. Not only that, he saw himself. He saw himself. In unflattering light, he recognized that he was behaving like an animal. He was behaving like a wild beast. The 
Hebrew there gives the idea of a hippopotamus. Now imagine if a hippopotamus were suddenly to have a brain transplant and become human. I mean, what a contrast between the way it lived and the way it would look at life now. He was saying, I lost my senses. I acted like a fool. I lost the character of even being human. When you leave God out of the picture of your life, you'll act like a fool. You'll live like an animal. Driven by the emotions and feelings, you'll be like a pinball in a pinball machine. All of the circumstances of life will determine what you do. There are some people, they're propelled by the pursuit of wealth. They're propelled by the pursuit of the acquisition of goods. They're propelled by the desire to be known. They're like a pinball in a pinball machine. Their circumstances, their situations determine what they do, what they don't do, where they go, where they don't go. He realized, oh God, I was a fool. Then he says something so powerful. So powerful. In these verses, he says, Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. He sees God. That's a strange verse. I had difficulty trying to understand it. It says, Yet I'm always with you. I would expect him to say, God, you're always with me. But he said, Yet I'm always with you. What does he mean by that? I believe what he's saying is this. In the sanctuary, it's been like my first love has been born all over again. Do you have that experience? For somehow that love and ardor for God has lessened, abated, gone down. And you live life from carnality. And suddenly you meet with God. And that renewed love for God comes back into your heart. And you start living the way you're supposed to live. And you start seeing. He said, God, I'm committing myself to you. That's what happens when a person sees God in the sanctuary. That's what happens when we meet with God in the sanctuary. We're changed on the inside. We're changed all over. And suddenly we say, oh God, I'm committing myself to that which is the most important thing in my life life it's my relationship to you but he goes on to say he says God you held me by the right hand he knew who it was that kept him from slipping see he would have fallen he would have slipped but God was holding him he wasn't aware of it, but God was holding him. He was going towards sin and towards the way of the world, but God was holding him. Oh, if you look at the journey of your life and you look at where you could have been and what could have happened to you, you have to recognize that the hand of God has kept you, that the hand of God has held you, even when you weren't aware of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, whom have I in heaven but you, God, you're what makes heaven heaven. And without you, it isn't worth being there. Whoa, what a change in his perspective. He said, God, you're going to make heaven for me. In the fact, whom have I in heaven but you? What a change in perspective. And if that's true of heaven, that's true of earth. 
He says, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. What a change. Earth has nothing I desire besides you. God, it's not the riches of the unrighteous. God, it's not their popularity. It's not the fact that their tongues walk through the earth and they boast and they're proudful and they have the seats of authority. Oh, no. Beloved, sometimes we wonder and we say, Oh, God, we seem so insignificant. And maybe God would shout back from heaven and say, I wasn't born in a palace. I was born in a manger. Remember, great things happen in small places. God's ways are not our ways. Hallelujah. Ah, He looks back. And he looks forward and he recognizes that all he has on earth really is God. Do you ever get to the place where you say, God is enough? Now perhaps if ASAP knew George Beverly Shea, and he were to request of George Beverly Shea his most often requested song, ASAP would ascribe to it and say, yes, let me add that to my book. He said, As George Beverly Shea sings, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. The chorus is, than to be the king of a vast domain, beheld in sin dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Is that true of you? Is that true of me? Come back with me. Let's sit down with Geneva and the multitude of people that she represents. I remember those last days I remember the funeral service. In those last days, she said, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to go and meet the Savior that I love. Faith does not erase the difficulties or the struggles or the problems of life. It gives us a mechanism to cope with it. It helps us to see beyond the temporal to the eternal. Bobby goes around the country sharing the gospel with young people in schools throughout our nation, telling them that 10 seconds can change their life and that they need to accept Christ. And thousands have come to know Jesus through his testimony. Well, Steve, we prayed together in my office. And he said, I'm going to serve God no matter what. And I went away with my soul charged inside, saying, God, I want to be faithful to you. His life shouted faithfulness to God. When everything around you is screaming, give up. Throw the towel in. Listen to the still, small voice that comes from the sanctuary of God. Bring your doubts to Him and see life from God's perspective because that's the only perspective
that makes sense of life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's 14-part series in the Book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and for more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.